strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Thanks for joining us today uh, here on KTAR. And excited to have uh, County Attorney Rachel Mitchell with us. And uh, Rachel, uh, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Barry. All right, great to have you on. And, and uh, we're bringing you in today, I, I know, big story nationwide here, uh, that uh, we uh, in Arizona, in surprise, we've arrested uh, a guy uh, for attempted murder. He, he apparently tried to stab two women here uh, in Maricopa County. And you received an extradition request uh, from the New York City DA, the district attorney there, Alvin Bragg, um, You know, th- because, because that same person apparently is wanted on murder charges in New York City. And you said... Uh, uh, now nah, we're gonna we're gonna hold on to him here and take care of uh, take care of our victims here first. What what happened here, Rachel? Yeah, my understanding is that uh, they were uh, what was being reported was that they were asking um, to negotiate about extradition, and uh, so my decision was no, uh, we're going to prosecute him here. We have very serious offenses here. Now that's not to say that we're not ever going to let him go to New York to face the charges there. Of course we are. Um, that's a horrible crime, too. And, and, I mean, my heart goes out to the to the friends and family of that victim, as well as the NYPD that did a, such a great job putting that case together. Uh, Rachel Mitchell joining us. She's the county attorney here in Maricopa County. So uh, talk to me about how this works normally. If uh, Obviously, the states, we all extradite our, we arrest somebody here who's wanted for a crime somewhere else. We extradite them, send them back to face those charges. Uh, Obviously, these are serious charges in in New York City as well, murder charges. How does it work normally? Do we keep them here for the charges they're facing in Arizona first and then send them back? Or do we, does the highest charge get it? How does it usually work? Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon when you have both serious offenses that the person, that whoever has him goes first. Um, you know, if it was a, a, a much less serious offense, then you might consider sending them to the other jurisdiction first to face those charges. But in this situation, um, and, and of course, you know, I have to say that, you know, charges are not evidence and people are right. presumed innocent until proven guilty. But if he is found guilty of these charges, he is facing very lengthy prison sentence. Um, and these are very serious offenses. We had two of our citizens of Maricopa County um, stabbed, and uh, we're, we're going to go first. Yeah, I mean, he's accused of stabbing a, a woman in the restroom at McDonald's and then apparently trying to carjack somebody else and stabbing that that person as well. Uh, and again, you're right, not convicted yet, but uh, and presumed innocent. Um so in the case here, so, so let's just say, for example, he was a, he was uh, arrested for shoplifting or theft or something like that. You generally might send him to a different jurisdiction to face a murder charge. But because these are so, so significant of charges here, attempted murder, we get to prosecute him first. Exactly. We're going to keep him here and, and handle that. And, you know, the other thing is, while the other state would not have to necessarily honor our bond amount, and of course our bond amount here is that he cannot bond out. Um, right. There's no amount of money. But they have to honor the fact that he is sentenced to prison. And so we're going to ensure that it is honored, that he is kept in custody. And that's one of the reasons we're going first. Rachel Mitchell joining us, the county attorney in Maricopa County on KTAR. So so 
explain this to me also. I mean, this is Alvin Bragg. This is the New York City DA. And we just saw this a couple of weeks ago, those illegal immigrants in New York who attacked two police officers. And then by the next day, they're out of jail. There's no bail there. Uh, and if I recall correctly, didn't we arrest four of them here in Arizona? They just left New York City uh, and we, we found them here. Um, it, was that part of the concern that you might send this guy who's uh, accused of attempted murder here in Arizona? You might send him to, to New York City and he just gets released. Well, that is a concern. I mean, I, I watched that the same as everybody else watched it with horror as illegal immigrants were attacking NYPD officers, um, you know, and we support our police here. And for to see them walk out of jail, flipping off the camera, if you remember that part, and then four of them got on um, a bus and came here and they were arrested here. Um, that's inexcusable. It, it really is. And, that, and that's the concern that you send this uh, this guy back and somehow... Now I'm, I'm assuming in New York they don't they don't uh, let people accused of murder go, but uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some of these cities well, now you just don't I know. I would have assumed that they wouldn't let yeah. illegal immigrants who attack police go, but they did. Well, you're right. I would have assumed that too. <laughs> so that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, right. So so uh, Rachel Mitchell here with us, the county attorney. So is it th- this this. Uh, this guy who's accused of the attempted murders here in Phoenix, um, is it? Uh, how long does it take to get something like that to trial here in Maricopa County? Well, you know, there's so many variables uh, there, you know, um, but, you know, it does take a while. It, it will take over a year, most likely, and that has to do with court congestion. It has to do with, you know, expert evaluations, et cetera. So, I mean, I think that's a, a practical timeline to look at. All right. County Attorney Rachel Mitchell, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, always great to have you on. And uh, as long as we have you, let me just ask you this. I know the uh, the retail, the organized retail theft is a, is a big issue in, in other states and, and pretty much snapped down on it here. Uh, any new developments in, in, uh, in laws or prosecuting those crimes here in Arizona? Yeah, we're working right now with uh, Speaker of the House Ben Toma to uh, on some legislation that will uh, toughen up the penalties for people who come here and commit a spree of offenses, or even people who are here who do that, uh, so that they're not treated like first-time offenders. Be, you know, if they're committing you know ten crimes in a row, and so Speaker Toma was good enough to run that legislation, and um, we're looking forward to it getting passed. All right, there you have it, County Attorney Rachel Mitchell with us uh, as always. Thanks for taking a few minutes for us here on KTAR. Thanks, Barry. Anytime. All right. Uh, there you have it. I have to tell you, and I, and I don't say this all the time. You know, I'm an attorney, and I, I always, uh, I'm, I'm always a little more focused, maybe, than others on the county attorney and the attorney general. And and we're we're just uh, very fortunate right now. Uh, the folks we have in both those offices, uh, it's it's not a political office; it's a law enforcement office. And uh, we're very fortunate to have a career prosecutor, a 30 year career prosecutor, in Rachel Mitchell leading that office. And uh, I don't care what your politics are, Republican, Democrat. She's there to, to prosecute criminals and to do what's right for the people in Arizona. And I, for one, am happy to have her there. All right, uh, coming up, uh, we, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more uh, later on in the program uh, about Carrie Lake. These new poll results are out, uh, really, really stunning. Uh, and I'm about to put this up on Twitter. Um, it, what Noble in, uh, Predictive Insights came up with: uh, forty. If 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 the Senate uh, race was held today, head to head, if Kirsten Cinema doesn't run, uh, Carrie Lake against Ruben Gallego, Ruben Gallego wins by ten points. I mean, just a landslide. He's up forty-seven percent to thirty-seven percent right now. 
now. We'll talk about that more later. And Carrie's, uh, Carrie Lake's interview with us here on KTR earlier in the week, we'll have that for you. Uh, but coming up, did you hear about this? This is, for me, this is just crazy. There's a, a woman, she's a, she's a columnist, a writer, a business writer, and she wrote a finance, uh, a column for the, for, uh, for the New York Times and for big magazines. I mean, she was the real deal. And she was recently scammed out of $50,000. She was. And this is someone who's you know pretty sophisticated and knows this stuff. I'm going to tell you what happened and give you some, uh, some tips that have come out of uh, how do we avoid being scammed? I mean, if she can be scammed, anybody can. We'll talk about that next. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson filling in today. Mike's back in the big chair tomorrow. And uh, boy, oh boy, this this story just caught my eye. Uh, it was, uh, and, and, and kudos to her for, you know, reporting this to the rest of us because she didn't have to do it. It's pretty embarrassing. Uh, but there's a, a finance columnist. She's a, a business writer and a business columnist and been in the business for, for quite, a, uh, quite a while. And she, she was a, a finance writer for the New York Times. She's written for magazines. She's online. Uh, and she writes about personal finance. and I mean, she knows this stuff. And uh, the crazy, I'll bring you right to the end. The crazy thing is she, the story starts with how she put $50,000 in cash uh, in a, in a shoebox and walked it out to the front of her house, to the curb, and a car pulled up, rolled down the rear window, and she put the shoebox with $50,000 of her money into, into the backseat of the car, and it drove off. Now, how do we get to that point? And I'm, I'm not going to bore you with, with too much in the way of detail, but uh, it started with a, with a phone call and an, or an email and then a phone call and then another phone call and people pretending to be with the FTC, depending, uh, pretending to be with law enforcement, uh, pretending to be with the CIA. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like we're all reading this and saying, I would never fall for this. This sounds crazy. Um, but this is a, a, you know, a sophisticated person. She's in this, in this finance world every day. And she fell for it. So it's it's kind of a crazy thing to say. What are we What are we doing here? Um, it, it's kind of a. It, I mean, it's just if it can happen to her, it, can it happen to us? And and I think a lot of us these days have uh, friends or our, first of all ourselves where this can happen, and certainly uh, parents. If you have parents who are a little older, or uh, you know people people fall for this stuff. Uh, you know you you put. I know I've seen this where I almost fell for it. I was putting something up for sale, uh, I think on Craigslist, and I I got a call. Uh, you know I got a response and then a call, and it it's it sounds real. Um, and then you start to to listen to. To it a little bit more, and you're like, well, wait a minute, and but it sound it feels very real, but it, it works into it, it can really quickly become something where you're giving them money or you're you're doing other things. I'll tell you, you we've all received those emails, the Nigerian prince, right? I, or the, you know, I've got a, a friend who's uh, who's calling to say I need money or all these things. I, I had a I had a case uh, that I mediated many many years ago, uh, and it was a bank uh, or a woman suing her bank here in Phoenix, and <laughs> the bottom line is she had she received those emails that we've all received that, you, you know, a Nigerian prince needs to send you, uh, you know, $50,000 and then needs you to kind of put it in your account and then cut it back because of the, the, the terrorists that are in his country or whatever it is. And you get to keep 10% of it and, and, you know, all the stuff. And this woman did that one time. She fell for it once and did it. And guess what? It was real. It, it wasn't a real prince or anything. They were setting her up for the big score later. They did a small one and she did it and she made some money and it all worked fine. And then it happened again. And she, she was a little more skeptical and she was worried 
about it. She went to her bank, called her bank and said, look, I'm, I'm going to do this, but I want to make sure they, the, the way they do it is they say they're transferring $50,000 into your account. Uh, and then once you get the money, you send us 45000 you keep 5000 and it's all fine. So she called her bank and she said, this is what's happening. This is what I want to do, but I don't want to send the 45000 until you tell me the money is in the account and, and that it's been deposited. Or she was using the term clear, that the, that the money has cleared on in her account. So they did that. The bank said it cleared. Well, cleared in a bank doesn't mean the same thing as you or I might think it means. It doesn't mean the money's in the account. It doesn't mean it's your money. So she she okayed the $45,000 check thinking 50000 was in her account. And then guess what? A couple days later, the 50000 is not in her account. It never really materialized. It was a transaction, but the money didn't follow. So the money's not there. And the bank said, uh, hey, you're overdrawn on your account by $45,000. You owe us $45,000. And she's like, what are you talking about? I came to you. I told you what was. Anyway, that that was the case. So the bank sued her. They wanted the money. And it was, uh, we ended up getting it resolved. But my point is, this happens all the time. Every single day this happens. And what I always tell everybody is, number one, if it's too good, if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it is. It just is. Uh, And the thing to be very careful of now, uh, especially with AI and and the the fakes that are out there, it's you get emails now uh, where they're saying, hey, this is your, they think you think it's your daughter or your son or your mom. And you think that they're getting a call like, hey, my car broke down and I don't have my, I don't have my phone, but I'm using somebody else's phone and they're sending me this. And I, I need a, I need 500 bucks to get the car towed and get it taken care of. And you're, and people send money. This happens every single day. So it's a very odd thing. But that story uh, about that that woman, the the finance writer, the finance columnist, uh, scammed out of fifty thousand dollars. It just makes you realize it, it truly can happen to everybody. So talk to your family members about it. Talk to yourself and just be very cautious about that. But again, I, I honestly can't imagine the thing that would get me to that point where I'm putting, I'm going to the bank and I'm getting fifty thousand dollars in cash and I'm putting it in a shoebox. And I'm, but she thought family members were at risk. She thought th- this was real, and she did it. Uh, so B, and they were telling her, you can't call police, you can't do this. And she thinks she's talking to the CIA and the FTC. That's who she thinks she's talking to. And they had, the scam was so good, they gave her a phone number. She's Googling the phone number, and it's the FTC's phone number. And that's what's showing up on her phone. I mean, it's very sophisticated. It wasn't, she's not an idiot, but it seemed very real to her. Um, but I have to tell you, if you ever get to a point where someone says, put cash in a shoebox and put it in the backseat of a car, don't do it. It's, it, it's just don't do it. That can't be real. All right, I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the impeachment of President Biden. The House Republicans, uh, they've been doing this impeachment thing since they took power, uh, and there's been a bit of a change. There's been a, an update in what's happening with some of their witnesses. We'll have that for you next. Uh, stay with us here. KTR News Update with Jeff Mund is next, and then back with more of the big program. I'm Barry Markson. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. Thanks for joining us today. Mike will be back in the big chair tomorrow. And uh, boy, oh boy, uh, big week here in uh, in Arizona uh, talking about the Senate race. We'll have more on that for you a little bit later uh, between Kerry Lake and Ruben Gallego. Uh, but in Washington, D.C., uh, we've been dealing with this for over a year now, year and a half. Uh, the, the House Republicans uh, have been trying to uh, set up, to impeach 
President Biden. This has been going on for a long time. They've been wanting to do it for a long time. Uh, they're setting that in motion now. They're they're in impeachment proceedings, so to speak, right now, uh, having hearings. And they just had one uh, this week where James Biden, the president's brother, uh, was brought in to testify. And he testified quite clearly that President Biden had no role in any of uh, James's, his brother's business dealings uh, that are now under uh, scrutiny. And perhaps more importantly than that, this big witness that they had, uh, Alexander Smirnov. Uh, every time I say that, I remember the, uh, what was the name of the comedian with that name? Do you remember the, there was a comedian with uh, Yakov Smirnov? That's the name that keeps popping in my head. Anyway, um, this big witness that they had, uh, there was an FBI undercover source, uh, and he was the one saying there was all this, uh, all this damaging information that uh, Hunter Biden and Ukraine and the money was going to President Biden and all these things. And guess what? It was all lies. And that guy, that that FBI informant has now been arrested and not arrested by what you might call the Biden Justice Department, as some people do. He was he was charged by David Weiss. David Weiss is the special prosecutor who's charged uh, Hunter Biden criminally. This is the Republican. This is the Trump Justice Department attorney who Biden's Justice Department that, that Merrick Garland kept on so that it would be an unbiased investigation into the president's son and these issues that he has charged uh, Hunter Biden with crimes now. It was that prosecutor, that special prosecutor, David Weiss, who charged the FBI informant with lying. And now it's coming out. Not only did he lie about the uh, allegations he made against the Bidens, but more than that, it's, it's Russian intelligence that supplied him with the narrative damaging to Biden. So what we now have is evidence that uh, Putin uh, and the Russians are trying to benefit Trump uh, by getting Biden impeached. That's literally what's happening right now. That's the evidence. And for the House impeachment folks, including Jim Jordan and uh, James Comey, the, the Coney, the, the guys who are pushing this, including our own Andy Biggs here in Arizona, uh, this is crippling. I mean, this is this is this is your big witness. This is your star witness who was supposed to be the heart of this campaign. They still didn't have any actual evidence, by the way. Not even what that guy was saying, but that was that's who they kept pointing to. If you go back to look at Fox News reports when these guys are on, this is the witness they're always talking about. This Alexander Smirnov, and now. He's discredited, and not just discredited that he's been indicted for lying to them, but more than that, he's <laughs> the evidence is he was given the information, he was given the lies by the Russians. Russians inte Russian intelligence fed him the fake information uh, to give to the House and to give the FBI. It's incredible. Now, you would think in any normal world, any non-political world, uh, what this would do is would end the investigation, right? This would bring everything to a close, but not with the House Republicans, not with the MAGA folks, because it's just get Biden. We just want to make this an issue. We want to help President Trump get elected. It doesn't matter if it's real. It doesn't matter if there's evidence. Uh, we just want to keep going. So uh, Jim Jordan, uh, who's the guy who chairs the House Judiciary Committee, who's who's in charge of this stuff, uh, he sidestepped questions this week about this lack of evidence. He said the evidence is still there, and they're like, the, but the evidence isn't there. They asked him. What's the other evidence? There is no other evidence. That's it. Uh, Coney, the, the the House guy, the, the congressman who's really running this particular subcommittee that's doing the investigation, uh, he's doing the same thing. He's dancing. He's trying to he's trying to say there's still evidence there, but there's just not. It's it's an embarrassment at this point. And you have to start asking yourself, it, it, look, it's obviously political. It's always been political. Uh, there's never been any evidence that's come forward. Every time they say they have a witness uh, who who is going to be the, the smoking gun, uh, he's not. Uh, and and, or disappears or the testimony that comes in is, is not what they said it was going to be. It's it's one thing after another. But this this is crippling.
This is the heart of the case against them. The heart of the allegations against President Biden in the impeachment was this witness who has now been indicted by a Republican uh, lawyer, a Republican Justice Department lawyer, a prosecutor, saying that this witness lied, that what he said about President Biden and, and Hunter Biden is a lie. It's all made up and it's made up by Russian intelligence. And that's the case. And it's gone now. It's gone. And they still can't bring themselves to say we made a mistake. Or this, even to say we didn't make a mistake. We listened to this guy. We thought he was credible, but he's not. Again, normal people, something like this happens. You say, hey, we were relying on on this guy. We thought he was a longtime FBI informant. We thought he was credible. He's not. We've now learned he's not. We're going to drop it. We're going to drop this because it's not true. And we get that now. That's what most people do. For some reason, MAGA can't seem to do that. It's, it's the same thing with the Carrie Lake stuff about John McCain and his supporters and his family. She attacked John McCain mercilessly, I mean, mercilessly before, over and over and over again, and his supporters telling McCain supporters to get the hell out of here, not vote for her. She didn't, he just, she didn't want hit their votes. And now she needs their votes. She's seeing by this new polling, she's down 10 points head to head to Ruben Gallego. She needs those votes. So now suddenly she's out uh, saying, I was just joking. But she wasn't joking. But what she should say, what any of us would say, and it's still selfish, it's still self-serving, but what any of us would say was, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. I was fired up. I said what I thought people wanted to hear. I was wrong. John McCain was a good man. He was a political prisoner. I may have disagreed with him on many political things, but I I was wrong to come. She can't bring herself to do that. And I don't, I guess I do understand because that's what Trump is. You never apologize. You never say I was wrong. You never, you just never, ever do that. And I I don't get it. I, I think you benefit. I think Carrie Lake would benefit from that. And she won't do it. Maybe I, I, I'm going to predict she is going to do it at some point because she's going to be that desperate. Uh, but I think she feels that she'll lose respect in the MAGA world if she apologizes, and she can't do that. It, which is it's just unfortunate, frankly. It's it's just it's just very unfortunate. But we're seeing that uh, in Washington D.C. now. We're seeing that with this House impeachment investigation. It's not going anywhere. They're not going to get the votes to impeach Biden based on the evidence they have. Uh, it's a show. It's a show trial, and it's the same thing that they did with Benghazi when they admitted they had nine different hearings from nine different subcommittees against Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton went in and testified for 12 hours, and still no evidence, no finding ever that Hillary Clinton did anything wrong. It was just there to hurt her in the campaign. That They came out and said it. They said the quiet part out loud, and that's what this is, too. This is designed, this House impeachment of of, of uh of Biden is designed to appease Trump and they think it's going to help Trump get elected. But in reality, what it does is it hurts Trump and it hurts Republicans. It makes uh, the Republicans in the House who only have a two seat majority right now, it makes them look silly. They don't get anything done. They're they're literally a do-nothing Congress. Their own members are saying they're a do-nothing Congress, the the Republican leadership. And to continue this farce of an impeachment investigation, when your main star witness, when the heart of your investigation has now been accused and is shown to be a liar, that he's lying about what he gave you, and it came, the lies came from Russia— Time to pack up the bags and go home, folks. That's uh, that's where this really does uh, need to come to an end. All right. On the other side, we're going to talk about Kerry Lake a little bit and this new polling that just came out in Arizona for the Arizona Senate race uh, with Kerry Lake and Ruben Gallego and Kirsten Cinema. We'll have the updates and the numbers on that, and also some of Kerry's new positions that she revealed to us on Monday uh, in her interview here on KTR. We'll play some of that for you as well. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead. Stay with us, folks. It's KTAR. <laughs> 
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson with you. I'm in for Mike Broomhead today, and uh, big news in Arizona uh, today and this week, of course, is our Senate race. Uh, the, the Carrie Lake running against Ruben Gallego. Kirsten Cinema is uh, the current senator. She currently fills that position. Has not announced whether she's running yet. Uh, she has to decide pretty soon. People ask me this question all the time: uh, Do I think uh, you know is Carrie is, is Kirsten Cinema going to run? And the answer I give at this point is no. <laughs> I don't think she is. She has to. She has to get uh, submit over forty two thousand signatures uh, before April first. So what's that? Five weeks. I mean, she has to get over forty two. Yeah, five or six weeks. She has to get forty two thousand signatures in before. Then she hasn't even started collecting them yet. She doesn't have any. Doesn't have. Maybe she has her own one. Um, she, as I, as I understand it, still hasn't hired a campaign manager, hasn't brought in campaign staff. Uh, it's, it just doesn't look like somebody who's running for Senate. Now, she has $10 million in her, uh, in her account. So she has uh, on cash on hand. She has $10 million, but she hasn't been doing a ton of fundraising. Um, she's giving every indication of somebody who's not running. And I think the I think she may have thought her path uh, to a victory. And by the way, she's not going to run if the polling shows her losing. She's not going to. She's just not going to do that. So I think she may have thought Kirsten Cinema thought, hey, if I help broker uh, this deal on the border, uh, which she did. I mean, she she brokered a deal with Republicans and Democrats that really did a. If you look at what the bill actually said, would have done a ton. Uh, to do that, to, to really stop uh, letting the uh, the asylum uh, people seekers into the country. It was it was going to do a lot. It wasn't going to fix everything. We're never going to fix everything, but it would have done a lot. She brokered that plan. Kirsten Sinema did. And I think she thought, hey, if that gets passed, maybe that's my pathway. Then the people of Arizona will see, look what I did. This thing where you work with both sides and you actually try to govern and lead and do things that works. And she that would be her pathway to victory. But that got rejected in 24 hours, unfortunately, when the Republicans who were involved in it and said they would vote for it changed their mind when Trump's came out and said, don't do it uh, because it'll hurt me in the election and help Biden. So they, they killed it. And I don't think she sees an avenue to win. She She's so not liked by Democrats now, which amazes me. Um, and although I think she gets a, a good amount of Republican votes, especially with Carrie Lake running, um, the polls that just came out show that she really gets about 21, 23 percent of the vote in a three person race and, and would still lose to both of the other candidates. So the new polls are out and it's, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Uh, the Noble uh, Predictive Insights poll done here in Arizona, uh, they say that Carrie Lake will lose in a head-to-head race to Ruben Gallego, Kerry Lake will lose by 10 points, 47% to 37%, which is which is a stunning number. It's a huge loss. And what the poll found, uh, if you really start digging in a little bit deeper on it, is that she's is that she's pulling a uh, that that Ruben Gallego on a head-to-head poll, Ruben Gallego pulls votes from Republicans and from independents. It's it's pretty wild. Here's a uh, here's uh, Mike Noble. Uh, he was on with uh, Jim Sharp and Jamie West this morning. Lake versus Gallego. Lake is down ten to Democrat uh, Ruben Gallego, even though the state generically leans towards Republicans. And there's a chunk of moderate Republicans who would pick Gallego over Lake in a two-way matchup. Cinema over both of them in a three-way race, and a bland generic Republican over anyone. If the GOP would nominate one. So what you have is if, if the Republican Party would nominate what they're calling a bland conservative, somebody, you know, let's call him a Doug Ducey, somebody who's a non-MAGA, uh, non, non, uh, 
in your face Republican, I guess, somebody, somebody who's conservative, like what we used to think of as a conservative Republican, uh, that person wins. That person wins this Senate race. But because you have uh, Kerry Lake in there, uh, it, it changes everything considerably. And it's not just this one poll. There's another poll out by Emerson College now, uh, which shows uh, Kerry Lake losing head to head to Ruben Gallego by seven points. So it's a it's a it's a just a trouncing uh, is what Kerry Lake is facing right now. And I think that helps us understand why Kerry Lake is suddenly coming out and saying she wants to be a unifier and, and she I mean, she wants to do different things. When, when we interviewed her on Monday, um, I asked her about abortion because Kerry Lake in the gubernatorial race and Kerry Lake up until just recently was a was a staunch uh, person who wanted to ban all abortion. She was a full supporter of the pre statehood law here in Arizona. And that law, she wants that to be the law of the land in Arizona. She said that repeatedly. She's written it. There's no question that's her position. And that law clearly bans all abortion with the only exception being to protect the life of the mother, to save the life of the mother. No exceptions for rape or incest, no other exceptions at all. You cannot have an abortion, not six weeks, not two weeks, never. And that was her position. When I asked her that on Monday, her position changed drastically. If you are elected to the Senate, will you vote for or against a nationwide abortion ban? I talked a lot about abortion. I think that I talked about it uh, with clarity, being a woman and being a mother. And I said, I support the law in the books. And the law in the books is 15 weeks. Now, it looks. Now I'm going to just stop there because that's not what she said. She, she never said, I support the law in the books. The, what she said was, I support the law in the books. That is the 1863. She's trying to say now she supports the 15-week law which is the current law in Arizona, although there was a court case in front of the Arizona Supreme Court where conservative and MAGA folks are asking the court to say, no, the law of the land in Arizona is the 1863 pre-statehood all outright ban on abortion. Carrie Lake supported an outright ban on abortion. It's okay. We can respect that opinion, but the change now is what's incredible. That's what, that's what amazes me. And she she continues. She continues. Like there may be a change here in our ballot. We might see a ballot measure. I know that signatures are being collected right now, which should move that up to 20, 22 weeks. I'm not sure if it's been specified. I support what the people of Arizona support. At the- I want to I want to be clear what she just said. So now not only does she support a 15 week abortion law, she supports the 20 to 22 weeks. Basically, she supports going back to what we had before under Roe v. Wade. That's what that's what Carrie Lake says her position is now. You can decide whether or not that's real or not, but that's what Carrie Lake says her position is now. That's basically a pro-choice position. I mean, I, I, I can't be any clearer with you. That's what pro-choice people want. So the folks who are who want to be able to say you can have an abortion legally, who want to go back to where we were a couple, three years ago when Roe v. Wade was the law of the land, that's a pro-choice opinion. And Carrie Lake said to us on Monday that she supports that, that if that's what the people of Arizona want, she supports that. She's not fighting uh, for, uh, she's not, she said she's not going to fight for an abortion ban. She wouldn't even fight for the 15 weeks. If the people here vote for 20 to 22 weeks, we can have abortion that long. Whatever your position on abortion is, what I'm focusing on is Carrie Lake is changing her positions. At least that's what she's telling us. I don't know if it's real or not, but she's changing her positions markedly. That's that, and you have to decide: is that real, or is that because she's seen these polls where she's down by ten points, and she recognizes I can't be anti-abortion. I have to be a unifier. I have to change everything I've ever done because if I don't, I'm going to get crushed. And that's the question. And then, do you believe her or do you not believe her?
All right, on the other side, uh, Jeff Munn here with the KTR News Center. We'll get an update. And then the cost of groceries is up 25% nationwide over the last several years since COVID. Uh, It's up even more in Arizona. We'll tell you what the numbers are and why next. I'm Barry Markson. Stay with us.